0: Hey, it's Garen here. Inflation keeps rising. There won't be a better time than right now to replace the roof following the storm damage. Let the Shamrock team treat you to a free inspection and we'll replace the damage with the best roof at the best price. One call does it all at ShamrockRoofer.com.
1: Crunch Time! Crunch Time! You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time! Crunch Time! All righty, Kansas City, welcome to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowen, and it is Bangle Week. Ooh. Not Raider Week, Frank. Bangle Week. The from Cincinnati. I don't like anybody from Cincinnati.
0: Hey, your daughter lives in Cincinnati. I don't like her this week either. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Uh,
1: <laughs> Oh, man, I'll tell you what, Uh, we we got a great show lined up for you. So sit back, relax, put your seatbelt on and chill out and drive home and listen to Crunch Time. Tim Grunner and Frank Ball, bringing you an hour of some breakdown of the Bengals-Chiefs game coming up this Sunday. But, Frank, we got to talk about our unbelievable sponsor that gives us the opportunity to do this show, and that is CBD American Shaman. And, you know, Frank, I I didn't do a – in my mind, a good enough job explaining what an awesome, awesome job that our Shaman Leewood Total Wellness did for my shoulder. Uh, the, the PRP, uh, which is a procedure that they take your own blood and they kind of wash it and clean it out and get all the good stuff and they put it back into the joint or the area of your body that is uh, hurting or is uh, giving you issues. And uh, Cynthia Stock over there uh, did just an unbelievable job. And my shoulder feels wonderful, Frank. And you know me, man. I am one of these guys. I'm a big-time skeptic when it comes to a lot of this stuff. I I really am. You know, the, the IV therapy stuff that they do over there is outstanding. The weight loss, you could talk to Chad Corey about that, outstanding, the hormone treatments. But this platelet-rich plasma PRP that they did for your joint injection is unbelievable. They did a great job. If you have anything bothering you, from a, your, rank your hand to an elbow to a shoulder to a knee to a back to your neck, anything, before you get in, to, get in there and go under the knife or before you start popping those pills, before you do anything, go over to Shaman Wellness and talk to Cynthia Stock over there and the people over there. An unbelievable job, Frank. My shoulder feels great, and I, I'm just thrilled. I'm, I'm, like, waiting for it to not work. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for it to go back to where it was, uh, and, you know, I, you have to go back, and i got to go back again here when I get back into town in April and have another procedure done uh, with the shock. But right now, Frank, it feels so good, man. There's nothing like being pain-free.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I use it as well. You know that. Even though I try to pretend I'm the bionic man, I am not. I have not been put back together (laughs) very well. So I've got some uh, aching joints myself, play a lot of golf. So it's my left foot and my two hands, and I just rub that on, and I'm ready to go. doesn't bother me. Use it at night as well before I go to sleep. And I'm off all the uh, -the over-the-counter stuff. So it's been great. Just yeah. perfect. Yeah. Don't forget, thirty percent off between now and seven o'clock tonight. So uh, get in there and see him. Chiefs didn't score over thirty, so uh, they won, which is great. But they didn't score over thirty, so you got to wait till Thursday and you get the good discount with Timmy and I. Third thirty percent off.
1: That's right. You get the uh, crunch time discount, Frank. Uh, you know the top story uh, coming out of the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguar game uh, was. Oh, and by the way, I just want to let everybody know that I am more fired up and more focused and more excited about this football game coming up than any game that I have watched since I played. I I cannot wait for this game. I cannot wait for this game. So, with that being said, I know, Frank, you're going to knock me down a couple notches today. (laughs) And guess what? I I probably need it. I I probably need it. But uh, the top story is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, High ankle sprain. I'll talk a little bit about my experiences with high ankle sprains here in a minute, but uh, the Chiefs uh, franchise player uh, was given an ultimatum, and and, I miss, and and I am so proud of my organization. I am so proud of the Kansas City Chiefs that they took their guy, right? That is a five hundred, six hundred million dollar quarterback, and I know people are saying, "Well, you know, they you know didn't want him to hurt himself really seriously, and 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 uh, you know maybe uh, uh, put a." put a, a damper on his career, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes down to it, it comes down to those guys want to win. And they knew that Patrick Mahomes was given the best opportunity to win. But the Kansas City Chiefs docs, the Kansas City Chiefs trainers, and the head coach and Andy Reid said, listen, you need to get your ass in and get an x-ray or you're not playing anymore. And I, I give a lot of credit for that. Uh, in the past, Frank, I, and, and I'm not going to say was a Chiefs, but – in the NFL back in the 80s and the 90s, they didn't do that. You'd be taped it up and get your butt back in there, and, you know, we'll just roll the dice and see what happens. So, you know, there's been a lot of things that have changed over uh, the years in the NFL because of the head trauma and CTE and different injury stuff. Uh, but I will tell you that everybody wants to win, and winning is the most important thing. And Patrick Mahomes really wanted to get back on that field. But they basically – forced him to go in there and get that taken look at. And, you know, they didn't know what it was going to show. It could have been broken. He could have been out for the season right there at that exact moment. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, made the right move. So I'm very proud of the organization.
0: Yeah, they did the right thing. And he's a competitive prick. So that's why he wanted to stay in the game. He was dropping a few curse words at his head coach on the sideline and throwing down his cape. His Superman's cape had to come off. For a couple of minutes while they sent him inside, and uh, that was the best thing they could have done. Because look what happened in Dallas when Pollard broke. Actually, they thought he had a high ankle sprain. He actually broke his ankle. So yeah. you, his next situation, without going to get that taped or uh, getting that thing, you know, supported or X-rayed to see exactly where he was, he could have easily gone out there and broken that ankle. So that was a smart thing to do. And I think in the back of Patrick's mind, I mean, you're all hyped up. You know how you know how it is. Yeah. Playing, you know, professional football is you want you don't want to let your teammates down. You want to play, and you are the leader of the team. They all look to you. And uh, he he went in. He did what they told him to do because they told him you're not going to play unless you do it. So they gave him the ultimatum, and he had to go in and uh, get that done. Um, the The biggest thing for me, and we'll talk about that in a second. The biggest thing for me is and it could go down and it's going to go down in Kansas City history okay depending on how this season ends up if they end up winning a Super Bowl this year is Chad Henney. And that drive there were uh, there was uh, I think there was 10 there's 10 minutes left in the first half when Mahomes went to the locker room okay and Henney comes out Jacksonville knocks the ball out on a punt at the 2 yard line so you're 98 yards away with a guy who hasn't played in eight years okay for all practical for all practical purposes okay he takes them for the next seven minutes he drives that team down the field it's the longest uh touchdown in Kansas City postseason history when he hit Travis Kelsey for the touchdown for the two for the two-yard TD it was I mean you just go back and think about it. that put them up 17 to seven. Uh, at that, well, put him up 17 to 7 at that point, and then Jackson went down and kicked a field goal before halftime. But, uh, that, that drive may go down in Kansas City history as saving this season, no matter where it ends up, and also be a trivia uh, question because it's the longest drive in Kansas City postseason history. So, congratulations to Chad Henney and congratulations to Andy Reid having a backup quarterback that ready. To play in a football game of that magnitude at that time—that's
1: why you're the best in Kansas City, Frank. The godfather of sports, as you led your partner right into the good and the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good was obviously Chad Henney coming in, being a real pro, P-R-O. And uh, if you are a professional athlete, uh, there—you know—there's there's different levels of professional athletes too. By the way. Um, you know, you uh, as far as preparation, as far as respect, as far as uh, leadership, uh, you know, there's guys that kind of just tread water. There's guys that do as little as possible to get, uh, get through the, the year or get through the day or get through the season. And then there's the guys that are the pros. The guys that do all the little things that you need to do in order to be the best that you possibly can be when you're called upon. And Chad Henning is a pro. Uh, How about a guy that probably took very little, if any, snaps all during the week in preparation, is thrown in there, and doesn't miss a beat. Uh, Was able to bring the offense down the field, like you said, 98 yards, which is a Kansas City Chiefs postseason record for the longest drive uh, for a touchdown in Chiefs playoff history, and uh, just looked like he belonged out there. So, what a pro. Congratulations to Chad Henney. Uh, just a great job, and you're exactly right. Uh, Frank, you probably know more about this than I do, but there was a Kansas City Chief Quarterback, I think it was Livingston, that came in and... Uh, for Len
0: Dawson, yeah, Mike Livingston. Mm-hmm.
1: And won a, won a playoff game or, 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 you know, kept the Chiefs in game yep. when he was hurt, and, uh, you know, everybody always talks about him. Well, Chad Henney's going to be in the same breath as, as Livingston after that performance.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, Chad, he's just like I can't say enough about the guy. A real pro. I mean, he, just like you said, he is a pro. He was ready. Uh, you know, football is a game of attrition. And if you're a backup player, Timmy, you know this, if you're a backup player and the player who's playing ahead of you gets injured, you better be ready to step in and play because that is your opportunity uh, in this league to get in the starting lineup and go play. And that's exactly what Chad Henney was uh, was available to do. So that was terrific. Yeah, you know,
1: and I, that's a great point, Frank. And um, that's your job. A lot of times it's hard to be a backup, and it's hard to be a guy that you're never quite sure when you're going to go in. You're probably not getting a lot of the reps during practice. You're probably not getting a lot of the coaching during the week. Uh, but you have to be up there in the back of the room. you got to have your notebook out, and you got to be taking notes, and you got to be ready as if you're going to play. Uh, even though the odds are and the the trend is that you won't. Uh, So congratulations to Chad Henning. Awesome job. The bad is the Frank Bull rule uh, did not hold pat for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was hoping that they would listen to you, Frank, but special teams coverage sucked, okay? Absolutely positively sucked. And you cannot give a team like Cincinnati or even a team like Jacksonville – Listen, Jacksonville's offense couldn't blank a drop. They couldn't do anything, but all of a sudden, they get a return out to the 50-yard line and past the 50-yard line, and they have a short field. And they got some momentum, and they go down and score. Special teams has got to be something to hold the momentum or to switch the momentum. Don't be a area of the team that gives momentum to the other team, and they're doing that too consistently in special teams. Bad coverage, uh, you got to be able to at least keep them inside the 25. Uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're the kicker, kick the damn ball into the, into the stands if you know they have a good returner. And uh, that was pretty poor and very, very disappointing. And they better not let that happen this week because if they do, it's going to be a long day for the Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot give Joe Burrow a short field and let give him an opportunity to score six. The ugly was Patrick Mahone's injury. You know, that, that was ugly. And I know a lot of people were looking and trying to figure out, you know, was it a cheap shot? It was not a cheap shot. It was not a cheap shot. It wasn't. It it was not a cheap shot. Give me a break. I mean, listen, football, I mean, the guy was sliding down his leg. What is he supposed to do? Uh, Pause in midair. I mean, there's a thing called gravity. All right. Gravity's going to drag you down. And uh, that happens way, way too many times. And then, and I forget who it was. It was another – It was it this week? I think it was this week where, you know, listen, I get it. You're taking care of the quarterbacks. But everybody was complaining and moaning because one of the defense alignment for the Chiefs pushed down Trevor Lawrence. He pushed them down. He didn't throw his head into them. He pushed them down, and they wanted a penalty on that one. Thank God the officials didn't call it. But let's not get carried away here, okay? <laughs> They're football players too. They're not made of glass. All right, they're, you know, they're out there. They have the helmet on. They have pads on. They have all this stuff on. Uh, you don't want any cheap shots. You don't want guys to go low. You don't want you guys to get hurt. But let's not get carried away. It wasn't a cheap shot. But Patrick Mahomes, that was ugly. His injury. And, you know, Frank, I had a high ankle sprain. And, it, you know, it was, it was the injury that knocked me off of my 120-game streak that I had uh, going into my last year in the NFL playing up in Washington at the University of Washington against the Seattle Seahawks. And they were building that new stadium. There was about 10,000 people in the stands. It was dead. It was a gray, crappy Seattle winter day. And uh, I was blocking a guy on the second level. And uh, somebody fell on the side of my leg and a high ankle sprain. And I worked my butt off to get back because I didn't want to let that streak go by. And we were playing the Raiders the next week and uh, went out there uh, as a game time decision and uh, Gunther uh, and uh, Mike Solari and uh, Dave Kendall and Bud Epps were out there and, and they're like, yeah, you know what, we don't want to take a chance and getting your hurt any further. You're going to have to probably sit out of this game. And I, 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 I cried. It was the first time in a long time, and I was so upset because I tried everything. So for Patrick Mahomes to be where he's at right now is nothing short of a miracle watching him walk up on the stage. Is he 100%? Far from it. But I tell you what, that guy, he just amazes me in some of the things that he does.
0: All right, let's talk about this high ankle sprain. You said, I think I heard you on uh, Siren the other day, or, um, yeah, siren <clears throat> You said that you heard your ankle pop. Is that correct? I did. Okay. I- and my son Garrett got hurt in high school. And he said when he had his high ankle sprain, he heard his pop too. Now, we don't know. Patrick Mahomes has never said what he heard or what he didn't hear or what he even could hear at that point. But you can, if you don't hear it, you can probably feel it or whatever. So I'm sure both of us have, but you played center and my son was a running back and he missed the next game and you missed the next game. Um, I think the only position, and I talked to three orthopedic guys this week about this the only position you could possibly go back and play this week is quarterback because he said you can you know you can adjust a little bit stay they all said they didn't know of course they hadn't seen patrick's x-rays and they weren't going to say something about patrick but they said in a normal situation with a high ankle sprain no matter what grade it is uh because is the worse it is it's just the longer it takes you to get back the but you will not be 100% number one when he plays in that game on Sunday. And, you know, for him to be able to play and maybe step up, they say going forwards and backwards is fine. You won't feel much pain or any at all. They will tape him up. They say the problem's going to be when he tries to go laterally, if he has to go left or right. And the other problem, they all three of them said, is when he has to plant his foot to throw, when he has to plant that right foot, when he's moving backwards, he takes a snap, moves backwards a couple feet, and then he puts his foot in to start to come forward and start to find his receivers downfield to get rid of the football. He said that's the time it's going to he's going to have some pain. But he will not have much lateral movement, and he said that's just the way that's going to be with that ankle until that heals. So a couple things here. If you don't win this game, you got all offseason to heal. Okay, If you do win this game, you only have a couple weeks. So that is, that is the conundrum they're under right now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'm going to reserve all judgment until I see him play. I don't yeah. care what the reports are coming out of Arrowhead. I don't care what the Bengals are saying. I don't care what anybody says. You, you're going to have to wait until Sunday to find out uh, exactly where he is physically after an injury like that.
1: All right, Frank, I know you're a guy that loves movies, right? You you, you, and your beautiful wife, Sarah, will watch movies every once in a while. Have you ever seen Seabiscuit?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Love that movie. It was a great movie. Great, great movie. Great right. book, too, by the way.
1: Uh, yeah, great book, great movie, uh, very uh, uh, inspirational movie, not only for the jockey, but for the horse especially, Seabiscuit. All right, so, and, like, where the hell is Granny going with this one? <laughs> i know you guys are all hey, awesome.
0: believe are me you? i have no idea folks <laughs> so hang on
1: <laughs> all right so uh so the main character was a toby whatever his name is mcguire i think it is yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh you know so after see biscuit uh, uh blew a tendon in his leg uh in the race uh they were going to put him down and he said no no let's work on it and they did all these different exercises and all these different things uh but C. Biscuit wasn't quite sure whether he could trust it, and Toby, who is the uh, uh, the jockey, wasn't quite sure he can trust it. But so they were out there. I'll never forget this scene because it's going to be Patrick Mahomes this week. Okay, this is the scene that, uh, and it, it really feeds into what you just said. Is I don't think Patrick Mahomes knows exactly how good it's going to be, let alone anybody else. All right, but it's there's going to be a point where it's tested. And if you, in the movie, uh, there was a branch, the wind blew and the branch cracked, and he planted and took off. And at that point, Seabiscuit and the, uh, and the, the jockey said, you know what? He's healthy. Wow, he can do it. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have that Seabiscuit moment during the game where he's in the pocket, uh, dropped back, and, you know, not thinking about his ankle, because I promise you, Everybody, you never think about the injuries. You know, you feel them, but you don't think about them. And all of a sudden, he's going to have to plant and push off and escape the pocket or plant and push off and avoid the rush and throw the ball. And that is going to be the moment that we all will know whether Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to be the Patrick Mahomes that all hope he's going to be. I think that I think he'll be able to do it. But you know what? It remains to be seen. That moment, whether it's the first play of the game or whether it's the third play of the, the, the second quarter, there'll be a play where he has to react without thinking and push off that foot. And if he has the strength and he has the uh, ability to do that, then he'll be okay. It's the biscuit moment. And that's what we'll be looking for in the game. I think we'll all see it. If he starts limping around and can't uh, and can't get his his, his, his gate back uh, after that sea biscuit moment, it'll be very very interesting to see how he plays. And I'm hoping and praying that he has that moment that he knows, hey, I got this.
0: Yeah, well, my uh, my movie was a Karate Kid, of course, with Mr. Miyagi. Come on, now you get the slap him like this. Yes. And then rub those hands together, put a little B CBD American Shaman Topical yes, right. in there with the Mr. Miyagi with the slap and rub his hands together, get some heat going and slap it on that injury and then send him out there and give him the old... What was that thing called? The um, what was the kick? Oh, doggone it! Uh, no, the, whatever the, it is, the, the cork or whatever. yeah, whatever <laughs> it was the kick? The guy in the nose, whatever it was. So I don't know. Yeah, but hey, so say, well, yeah. that's
1: not a bad idea, Frank. Let's send uh, Patrick over to see our friend Cynthia Stock over at the uh, Shaman Wellness and get a PRP shot in that ankle. It'll be because I'll tell you what, it helped me. So yeah. hell, give it a shot.
0: Well, they'll they'll have them all. They'll have them all. Uh, the pain will not be that high on it anyway because they'll have them pretty well numbed up down around that area your problem with that is you, <laughs> you can't about, Frank? you you can't feel what's going you know exactly what I'm talking about okay you know exactly what I'm talking about okay uh, so uh so the deal is and it isn't something you can get over the counter but the uh but the deal is you just you know you're gonna numb them up and you're gonna send them out there and they the docs all said he's still gonna be able to feel it Uh, but uh, they're all worried about the lateral movement. The other thing they said is if he is hit, and now this is where we get to the offensive line, okay? If he is hit and they are pulling him down somehow, if they're pulling him down and putting pressure on that lower leg, like they pull him straight down from the back of his pads or whatever – and then he has to plant those feet into the ground and that foot into the ground. They say that's the other that's the other spot where he can really get re-injure that uh, that uh, ankle. So there are right, well, the two things: pushing off, and then getting tackled, and then putting a lot of their force on his upper body to shove it down to his lower body and have those um, have those two ankles try to absorb all that pressure.
1: So uh, that that leads into, you you talked about the offensive line, and and I know we only have a couple minutes here before we take a break, and we'll dig into the game plan a little bit. But I I did tweet out yesterday, or the day before, I can't remember, uh, my 2-2-2 theory, uh, which I think the Chiefs need to implement, especially early in the game. First of all, Patrick Mahone needs a clean pocket. It needs to be deep and wide. And the big sombrero is going to be our number 57 because he struggled big time against these guys last time, whether it was Hubbard. And uh, Hendrickson uh, both gave uh, uh, 57 a lot of Orlando Brown, a lot of, a lot of issues with that speed rush. So to start the game out, uh, I'm talking about this 2-2-2 two, two, and two where the right guard and, and the running back will work together on the right side. The right guard in the center will work on it because most is going to be a three-man rush. And, yeah, they're going to bring some pressure, but I, I, I don't think they're going to give Patrick Mahomes anything cheap. They're going to make Patrick Mahomes earn everything and uh, they're going to drop eight guys back there. They're going to flood the zone. They'll bring pressure, but you know, they've had a lot of success against Patrick Mahomes getting the ball uh, knocked down and, and picking the ball off and doing some other things with dropping these guys, and I think you're going to see a good, a good amount of that even though he's injured because they've gotten to the quarterback with three, so they're not too particularly worried about it. So, uh, once again, the right guard and the center working together on the nose and then the tackle and the guard on the left side standing out for that end. And then late, you have the back leaking out uh, if they need it. But you have four guys in the route, uh, four zone beaters, because they're going to be running zone. And, you know, give Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to set up in the pocket and to read the field and to have a little bit of time to let those zone uh, beaters work. And then the other thing that I think the Chiefs are really going to have to do is run the football. Pacheco did a great job. He's a a lightning bolt out there, and so is McKinnon. He's a lightning bolt out there. When they get the ball, a lot of positive things happen. But off of the run, if the Chiefs still want to throw the ball, I think you're going to see a lot of RPOs this week. Because in the RPO package, then Patrick Mahomes can – listen, all he's doing is reading one guy, basically. You're reading that outside backer, right? If the outside backer – Uh, steps up, then you throw the slant or you throw the ball. If the backside linebacker opens his hips and gets out into the zone, then you hand it off. So you give your your quarterback an opportunity to have a two-way go and be able to hand the ball off and or throw the ball, depending on what the defense presents them. But You got to have a clean pocket and you got to get rid of the ball quickly. And when you don't get rid of the ball quickly because of its zone, it's hard to get rid of the ball quickly sometimes. You got to have protection. The Chiefs have got to do a good job of keeping Patrick Mahomes clean in that pocket.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody's afraid of Orlando Brown uh, anymore, Um, you know, on, on the defense. Uh, If he needs help, if both tackles need help, that limits who you can send out to do what you got to do. And that is just where Andy Reid's genius comes in to try to keep. Now, the RPO does give Patrick Mahomes an extra second back there to survey the field and stay in the pocket and deliver the football. That's that's important as well. So uh, they've really got to keep him clean. That's what I worry about. Uh, the Bengals can get to you with a three-man rush. They will bring a linebacker off the edge or a safety off the edge sometimes. Uh, they'll bring somebody straight up the middle sometimes. So I'm going to tell you something, that coaching staff over there is pretty doggone good. Nobody gave Zach Taylor, the head coach, much of a, you know, much. They, they never thought he was going to be much. And um, the uh, the defensive coach, uh, Aaron Udo, uh I'm sorry, uh, Anna Runo, Okay, yeah. their, their defensive coach is really a good coach and will be up for a head coaching job here soon. But uh, these two, their coaching staff is very good as well. So I, I expect one heck of a game. The only big question mark is the biggest question mark of day is Patrick Mahomes, so.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you got to uh, just got to end up with the offense. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about the defense, what they need to do against Joe Burrow. I have a, a couple ideas of things that they can do. Listen, Joe Burrow's a hell of a player. And uh, by the way, I do not hate Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think he's cocky. I think he's a pain in the ass. Uh, I think that, um, you know, somebody needs to wipe that smirk off his face. But, <laughs> but, but uh, listen, he's, he's a great quarterback, man. He's a great leader in that huddle. Those, teams, those teammates love him. And I'll give you a prime example uh, real quick before we go to the break. Uh, There was a play, I believe it was, so right in the middle of the second quarter where the offensive line, which is very, very inexperienced, and they, by the way, they got a huge break with that weather. So pray for dry weather so off the defensive line they could tee off on the offensive line this week, uh, especially with the Chiefs against those younger guys. But they screwed up a protection and they let the defensive end come free, and he was right in the face of... uh, of Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow had a throw it away. It was third down and, you know, like medium, where he has a lot of confidence of, of moving the chains and did a bunch of it against Buffalo. But he was none too happy with that offensive lineman. And I, maybe it was second down because it then it was a third down. And, and I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he looked at that offensive lineman and gave him the depth stare and was ready to jump his butt. But what did he do? He walked away. He composed himself. Uh, and they showed this whole time, man. It was great to watch. He showed, he composed himself. He took a deep breath. He walked back in the huddle and calmly said something to the guy. And then they went on. And, and that, that, you know what? Hey, got to give him a lot of credit. You know, you watch Tom Brady on the sideline. And I promise you, because I've talked to a couple of the offensive linemen uh, that played this year with Tom Brady. And now that he's basically gone, they said what a pain in the ass he really is. All right, he is a pain in the butt, and everything is the offensive line's fault if it doesn't work. And it's you know the goat, uh, you know doesn't doesn't take any any criticism. It's always somebody else's fault. And you know you got to give Joe Burrow credit. He you know he was he was calm, cool, and collected like he always is. And uh, man, I don't I don't particularly like some of the stuff he does, but uh, he is a quarterback that. Uh, demands respect in the huddle, and does a good job. All right, Frank. Well,
0: uh, I'll, well, I'll say this before we get off of Joe Burrow. Um, those players on that team love him like the Chiefs love Patrick Mahomes. Okay, that's all you have to know absolutely. about about Joe Burrow. And if he was your quarterback instead of Patrick Mahomes, you'd love Joe Burrow too. <laughs> okay, so that's, that, that's all I'm going to tell you. All right, yeah. that's where I, that is. But go ahead. Uh, Joe,
1: Joe Burrow uh, is a lightning rod um, uh, with some of the things that he does. Uh, with his attitude and kind of with his cockiness and with his, with the way he carries himself, Patrick Mahomes doesn't do that. Just people around him do that. They are the lightning rods a lot of times, which, you know, Patrick has to deal with too. So there are a lot of people that do not like Patrick Mahomes because some of the people around him are lightning rods and are, you know, cause issues and cause flack and yada, yada, yada. Joe Burrow Burrow does that on his own. You know, Patrick has always been, he's quiet and reserved, and that's what I love about
0: him. Yeah, except when you try to take him out of a game. Yeah. Then it's not so quiet and reserved, which is a good thing. There's no doubt about that. Don't forget, 30% off until 7 o'clock with a purchase of $100 or more at all your local CBD American Shaman retail stores. You are listening to... Crunch Time.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowen. It is Bengals Week. As the Cincinnati Bengals come back into Kansas City, the Bengals have had the Chiefs number for the last three games. Uh, actually, it's been more than that, by the way. Yeah, uh, I think
0: they're 8-2 and all-time against the Chiefs or something. Yeah. Some unbelievable number. Yeah, you're right.
1: Because uh, I remember, uh, I think it was before Mahomes was here, that the Bengals came in, and they couldn't do anything, and they beat the Chiefs for some reason. The Bengals have had the Chiefs numbered, but uh, times they do a change. So let's hope they do this week uh, as the Bengals come into Arrowhead. Weather's supposed to be cold. Uh, I haven't seen any precipitation uh, that they're talking about. But if it's cold and dry, that's going to be a good thing for the Kansas City Chiefs because that offensive line for the Bengals is uh, a little bit green. Yeah. And, and, you know, with being in a loud area and you're not trying to plant your feet in four inches of snow, uh, I think the uh, defensive line has a good opportunity to get after Joe Burrow this week.
0: Yeah, they've had the field covered all week, so it'll be it'll be fine. Um, it, it was interesting yesterday. The Chiefs practiced indoors, and the Bengals practiced outdoors. I think if Mahomes is one hundred percent, they would have practiced outdoors. They did yeah, not want him to get on that practice field outdoors. Yeah,
1: and, and you know what? You don't want to put him out in the cold weather.
0: Yes, uh, exactly. Him. That's the other reason. Yeah, you're right.
1: All right, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs. Last time they played against uh, the uh, Bengals, well, the last really you know, six quarters, the Bengals have had their number. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs did a really good job last week defensively of flying around and making some plays and getting after the quarterback. They blitzed about 22% of the time. Uh, they had seven uh, quarterback hits. They had an interception and a, and a sack. So uh, you know they, they did a pretty decent job of getting after that quarterback. I think the Jacksonville Jaguar offensive line is better than the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Uh, I think the quarterbacks are are similar, but uh, Joe Burrow's better. I mean, it's as simple as that. I, I think Trevor Lawrence gonna be a good quarterback when it's all said and done. But Joe Burrow is at the top of this game. But the last time they they played against uh, uh, Joe Burrow, they only had one sack. Uh, and they brought a lot of pressure, and it just didn't seem to get home. And uh, there's, there's, there's a couple things that the Chiefs have got to do this week uh, against Joe Burrow. Number one is when they do bring pressure. And I contend that the Chiefs have been bringing pressure on down-and-distance situations pretty much all year, and especially against Joe Burrow, as I watched the All-22 on Monday before I did Syren's show. And they were bringing pressure in certain down down and distances, and the Bengals were right on it. And they were able to get the ball out in a timely fashion and get, get some of that one-on-one uh, man-to-man stuff and some of those outs and some of those ends and with their quick wide receivers and convert, and the Chiefs can't get in that position again. Number two is Joe Burrow beat him with his feet last time. I think he had like six or seven carries for 48 yards and ran for a touchdown. Uh, the Chiefs have got to do a better job. If they are going to bring pressure, they got to have a spy. They got to have somebody watching Joe Burrow. And I know that takes somebody out of coverage, but you can't let Joe Burrow just run around and get first down, uh, in third down along situations. But I am saying that, and, and I'm hoping that this is something the Chiefs do. Now, I don't have any stats or I don't have any breakdown or I don't have what the Chiefs have when it comes to formation. But to me, this week, this is a formation blitz game. There are certain formations and certain things that have tendencies with the Broncos, with the the Bengals, that uh, the Chiefs need to take advantage of. And I don't know exactly what they are, but Spags and those guys—I'm sure they watch a lot of film. You got to get away from blitzing and down the distance. You got to get away from blitzing in certain areas of the field in certain situations. And you gotta in my mind's eye this week, you gotta blitz certain formations. Take advantage of the formations of what you're gonna get uh, and what pressure you could bring. So this is for example, if it's a three by one, if you're gonna bring four weak against a three by one, you gotta disguise it and then bring it late and bring it in any down and distance in any situation. You, you know, there's certain like, if you have two tight ends or you have uh, a back in the backfield, there are certain uh, – two backs in the backfield, there are certain things and certain blitzes that you can dial up. And I'm thinking that, you know, the Chiefs have tried to blitz and down the distance against the Bengals. They've tried to blitz in red zone or, or different situational blitzing. This week, in my mind's eye, they need to find a way to blitz certain formations and be very limited in it, all right? Let your front four, your front three rush your quarterback and beat up on those, those younger offensive linemen – But when you do blitz, you got to get home. You cannot let one-on-one situations with your defensive backs like the Chiefs have been doing against the Bengals over the last three games where all of a sudden you're converting with a pass or worse than that, they've been a bunch of pass interferences and holdings because of the fast length that they have the wide receiver. Your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, the only problem with blitzing and I know he will and you should, you gotta try to try to bring some pressure is how quickly Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball. That that's a tell when he sees that coming, he knows exactly where that football is going. And the offensive uh the skill guys all know also. They see the blitz. They all they practice all week. They watch the film. They know exactly where they have to go and what holes are gonna be left on the defense. So um you know he's uh, going to have to be very creative, and uh, in what he does. Like you said, the problem is when you blitz somebody and then put a spy on somebody, you're actually taking two guys out of pass coverage. Okay, your the blitzer is obviously out of pass coverage, and then your spy is obviously out of pass coverage because you got to keep an eye on the quarterback, and that opens it up for their receivers. That that's what the that's what the the chess match will be all about in this football game. Uh, it'll be, you know, be Zach Taylor against Spagnolo, And of course be Andy Reed against uh, Anna Runo uh, about, you know, how, how to get his offense going against their defense and how the chiefs have got to get their defense going against the offense. Those three offensive linemen, they have three young guys, the three guys that got hurt last week and did not play against Buffalo We're all out of practice yesterday. I'm not sure what that says, whether they'll be ready or not to go by Sunday. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe they will be. Uh, So we'll just have to see how that plays. But if they're going to – the other thing the Chiefs are going to have to do is stop Joe Mixon, the running back. They're going to have to stop the running game uh, in order to you know, just keep – they've got to keep Burrow back there throwing the football. They've got to stop the running game so that doesn't get going. If they get both phases going, they're going to be extremely difficult to beat.
1: Yeah, Nick, you know, your, your point is very well taken, and it kind of falls into what my theory is. Uh, you're right. When the, and the Bengals have been on it, and they have done a good job of film study and working the tendencies of the Chiefs. And just watching the Chiefs, they love to bring stuff on second and long and third down situations. And then, of course, when you get in the red zone – They like to bring pressure, too. And, you know, everybody knows it now. I mean, they've had a bunch of uh, games to watch, and they've had a bunch of breakdowns. That's why I'm, I'm just really hesitant to go back to that old plan against the Bengals. And, you know, when you do blitz with different formations, you know, you can say, okay, in this formation they like to run this. Or in this formation they like to do these certain things. And you can figure out a blitz to bring against those formations to get to the quarterback, and you listen, and, and I think you know. Last week they blitzed 22 percent of the time. That's about right. That's all about what you need to do. You, you you know you don't have to be dialing it up constantly against the Bengals. just like you didn't have to dial it up constantly uh, against the jag uh, against the uh, Jaguars. So, and and the other thing that happens too, Frank, is when you blitz formations, right? You 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 can blitz. You can also run blitz, and you can he can seal up some of the gaps and that could fit into a little bit with the uh, uh, stopping the run game too. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they got to bring a lot of pressure and I don't think they should, but if they're going to bring pressure, they got to break their tendencies and because the tendencies have been killing them. And, and I know the Spags knows this and, and, and I know that uh, that's something they are very cognizant of, but you know, bring, I, I, that's, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it and it'll be hard to tell, but, If I was sitting in that staff room, I'd raise my hand and say, guys, we need to break some tendencies here, and we need to bring some pressure, but on different looks and different formations and different things. You know, show and go uh, in situations you did before. Try to confuse Joe Burrow a little bit. Make him hesitate, because the Chiefs have not been able to make him hesitate. In the last three games they played against them, you got to get them to hesitate and got to get them to pull the ball down, and you know hopefully not be able to throw in a timely fashion.
0: Yeah, no, I think everybody should do what you do in, during during football games and watch the lines. Okay, watch the Chiefs' offensive line and see how the two tackles are holding up against the three-man rush, and then you watch the Bengals' offensive line and see how their young players are holding up against the Chiefs. Pass rush and uh, you know run rush whatever they're they're trying to do against Cincinnati Bengals but just keep your eyes on the line early. Um, the last thing you need and I hope Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley are, are listening. Uh, last thing you need is your quarterback getting hit one time in the entire game. You can't get him hit. I think Andy has to be emphasizing that you can't get him hit one hit could be the difference in this football game. Just one time, one innocuous-looking tackle or or hit after he releases the ball or anything of that nature could be the end of your quarterback for the day. So keep that in mind, and we'll try to help you as much as we can, but we still have to go out there and play a football game against a very, very good and well-coached football team.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, watch the offensive lines, especially early, watch uh, watched 57. Uh, he struggled against uh, Hubbard and struggled against Hendrickson uh, in the last couple games. And once again, I reiterate, i watched the, the, the second half of the playoff game and the all 22, and then the whole game uh, in uh, week 13, all 22 and uh, 57 struggled with one thing and one thing only, but he struggled with it consistently. They were knocking his hands down and he's, got to be able to bend. He's got to get his hips down. He's got, when, he, when he's in a good football position and his hands are in a strike position and his hips are down and his head is back, he's as good as anybody. He is a top five tackle. But there are times when he, I'm not going to say he gets lazy, but he gets a little bit just wax in his technique and his hips come up and his head comes up and his hands go out. And when your hands go out, your head come up and your hips are straight. That's when you get beat, and they're slapping his hands down, and they're getting him off balance, and they're getting around uh, the edge, or they're setting him up to the outside, slapping his hands, and going inside. And he struggled mightily uh, in those situations. I had him graded out. I watched. I graded him out just kind of just watching for a second. Grade. I graded him out as a C minus in pass protection. But when he run blocks, he does a great job. I mean, he's about a B plus to an A minus in the run blocks. But, you know, he's got to be able to pass block. The one thing, uh, the, the, the good sign for the Chiefs, and I know we got to take a break, the yep. good sign for the Chiefs is that they ran really well in their gap running against them. They ran power. They ran counter. They ran trap well against this defense, the three-man line, because they're so aggressive up the field. And the Chiefs have got to do that again this week.
0: All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back uh, with our predictions for the big game on Sunday, the AFC Championship game, the fifth straight at Arrowhead Stadium. we got to get this done, Tim. You're listening to... It is crunch
1: time. Yeah. All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. It is that time for us to make predictions. The fifth straight AFC championship, which is just unbelievable, and especially at home. The Bengals come in. They've had the Chiefs number over the last three games, Frank. And, uh, you know, uh, it, we, we always say that, well, the tide's got to turn, but if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs against the AFC West, uh,
0: that it hasn't changed. <laughs> hey, Tim, so, hey, Tim, the DLS, but I said, you know, the Chiefs are due to beat the Bengals. I said, yeah, yeah the Denver Broncos are due to beat the Chiefs, too. <laughs> and uh, how's that going so far?
1: <laughs> absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, I am going to predict that the Kansas City Chiefs do uh, win the football game. They go to the Super Bowl in Arizona, and I'm, I believe they're going to play against the Philadelphia Eagles, and it'll be a rematch of the Andy Reid teams. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win in a barn burner in a last two-minute drive where Patrick Mahomes, God willing, is healthy and is able to get the team down the field. The Chiefs win 35-31, uh, and it is going to be a barn burner of a football game. Both teams are going to score. Both teams are going to uh, uh, are going uh, cause headaches and heartache for the people that are watching, but the Kansas City Chiefs win the football game, Frank, and they go to the Super Bowl once again.
0: Okay, my biggest question mark here is the biggest question mark of the week, of course, is Patrick Mahomes and his health and that ankle. He's not going to be 100%. I'm just afraid he's not going to make it through the game. Um, I'm afraid he's going to get hit. And maybe knocked off that ankle or something happens to that ankle during the game. I worry about that, and as good as Chad Henney was last week for that one drive, I don't think Chad Henney can beat Joe Burrow. Beating Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville is one thing. Trying to beat the Bengals is going to be something totally different. So, I'm not as optimistic as you, and this is probably going to help the Chiefs in the long run, but I call it 27-24 Cincinnati uh, in what should be a heck of a football game out of Arrowhead, but it's until the Chiefs can beat the Bengals, You're fired. I can't go against the Bengals. Am I fired? You're fired. All right, I'm fired. You're fired. Right, there it is. Fired. All right, All right. American Shaman,
1: you know what? Uh, American Shaman, he's only kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah,
1: you know what, Frank? It's going to be a barn burner of a football game. Uh, man, oh, man. I uh, The window is, is open for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and I love for Joe Burrow said, as long as he's on the field, the window's open for the Cincinnati Bengals. As long as Patrick Mahomes on the field, it's open for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I worry about.
0: Mahomes won't be there.
1: Or somebody. Hey, he's got to be there.
0: Stop it. I mean, I know he's going to start. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about him finishing. That's the important thing. Not starting. It's not the first quarter. It's the last two minutes of the fourth quarter.
1: Sarah is looking over at me, shaking her head. She is so mad at you. Oh, boy. Got to get see. off. We just got to. We got to leave you, Frank. All right. I love you, but you got guy. We got to leave you. Uh, uh, you know what, Kansas City. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, I will be down here at the Southern Command watching as the boys will be at the game. Uh, Frank, are you going out to the game? or Are you going to be over there down at the Southern Plant? Feet, southern, uh, 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 feet park? propped
0: up in front of the fireplace, son.
1: There you go. That's it. All right, buddy. Well, hey, listen, you have a wonderful one over the rest of the week, and uh, we'll talk next week about the Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl and you eating crow. You've been listening to... Brent's time!